Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let's shift gears, Crawley. Something that the Cubs fans, at least this Cub fan, and I know you do too, look forward to every year is the Crosstown Classic. So this edition, two games, Saturday and Sunday over at 35th and Shields. And as I had hoped and begged and pleaded on season one, episode one, of our podcast just don't get swept and the the Cubs did not get swept they came out got to Johnny Cueto early and often and they won that one five to one Saturday night over at 35th and Shields yeah that was that that was a really exciting game uh you know what what can you say about Keegan Thompson you know how how long until he is just deemed a starter I mean, that was five innings of one-run ball against a very, you know, say what you will. I know the White Sox have been a disappointing team for the most part of this year, uh, but but they still got hitters, and, and, and I thought Keegan looked really solid out there, giving up one run only. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, he was he was fantastic. I guess it's just a good problem to have. This is somebody that we're going to find out whether or not he should be a starter, a bullpen guy. I, I just hope... He's a guy that I really want the Cubs to hang on to, to not, um, to not let get away. So I'm hoping that that, that is the case. Um, I think, I think it's interesting at the beginning of the game, you know, Chris Morrell gets on and ends up scoring. He had a, he had one hit and two walks and uh, wisdom and Schwindel, who we talked about in uh, season one, episode one, they had two RBIs each. Um, but I, I, God, I really like Morell setting the table at the top. I was a little nervous. You know what I mean? Here's a guy 
who skips AAA, right? He, ba he basically comes up from Tennessee and all of a sudden has just really not seemed like the moments overwhelmed him. And we all know the problem the Cubs have had at the leadoff, man. I mean, you, you know, you go back to Dexter Fowler before that, you go to half a season of Kenny Lofton before that, you go to Bobby Dernier, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, been, it's been an issue for the Cubs for many, many years. And I don't want to put too much on this kid, but he just the smile that he has and his infectiousness, that was, it was great to see the game. And, and you wanted one win, I wanted one win. But then I got greedy, Dustin. I, I got greedy when it came to game two. <laughs> yeah, another and, – and I'll tell you, good for Chicago. They packed that place. They had over 38,000 for both games yesterday. Spectacular day for a baseball game, right? I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't ask for any better. It was no very low humidity. Everybody expected um, the ball to be flying out of 35th and Shields, and it was quite the opposite. So one run – Cubs get a run on a basically on an error, right? They 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 got they got the run on on basically an error, and yeah. they could not hold on to the lead. Take us take us through take us through the Cubs blowing that lead, Crawley. Marcus Stroman, you know, he, he was starting to warm up and he was looking really good. I think he had a good game against Atlanta. Quality start looked great against the Brewers, and then he got COVID. You're going, ah, oh, Jesus. So so he's on the COVID list, and then. He's kind of, you know, his first start right off the uh, injury list was okay. But he came out in this game and just absolutely shut the White, White Sox down. He went seven innings of shutout ball. And as you were mentioning earlier, the Cubs get a run uh, on a Jake Berger error. And, you know, Dylan Cease was going toe-to-toe -to -toe with uh, Stroman as well. So when you look at their lines, Stroman went seven innings. He doesn't give up a run. Uh, Cease goes seven innings. He doesn't give up an earned run. So you got a one nothing lead. Everything's looking good. And now you get to the bottom of the, you get to the uh, top of the ninth. And I'm watching this and you get a leadoff double by Frank Schwindel. Way to go, Frank the Tank. And this off Liam Hendricks. Uh, Clint Frazier, who just comes off the IL, is uh, put at third. And there's no outs. And he ends up getting to third base. I don't remember if it was a wild pitcher pass ball. So now you got a runner at third, no outs, one nothing lead in the ninth inning. Wisdom strikes out, swinging. Ortega strikes out, looking. And then Horner grounds out. And I'm watching this, and I'm going, oh, God, I hate – that's a momentum shift. I don't care what yep. you say. Absolutely. That's a momentum shift. You had a chance to add on, and you couldn't put a fly ball in the outfield. You couldn't hit a ground ball to the opposite side to second. It was unreal. And so, you know, now you get to the bottom of the ninth, David Robertson pitching – he gets the first outs, you know, and now uh, Gavin Sheets hits a double that wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't like he pounded the ball. He just beat the shift. And then Adam Angles hits a oops, check, swing, infield single, moves Sheets to third. And then you got a wild pitch, which allows the pinch runner, A.J. Pollock, to tie the, AJ Pollock to tie the game. But, you know, that was really on Higgins. You know, you as a reliever have to know that if you're going to put something in the dirt like a slider – as a catcher, you cannot let that get past you. Yeah, absolutely right. I, I can't believe that they actually called it a wild pitch. I, I thought it should have been a pass ball. I mean, Robertson was like almost like walking, re-watching the video and the highlights of that, or the lowlights in this case. It looked like he just thought the guy was out. He thought it was over. And all of a sudden, that ball, and they've got too much room 
behind home plate in the backstop there, 35th and Shields. That ball was bouncing all over the place, so it was easy for them to get to. So you know, Wilson, Contreras, or Gomes, that doesn't happen, right? Th- this guy, Higgins, has no business being at the major league level right now, but he's up there because of injuries. Right, and, and, that, and that's where it hurts you. And like I said, you can't be – a pitcher just grooving fastballs in there. You have to be able to throw whatever and feel confident that your catcher is going to stop the ball. So now we go into extras and the Cubs score again. You know, we got Nico starting at second, which is a great guy. You got that runner on second rule. So he made the last out. So Higgins bunts. And then Ronaldo Lopez is all over the place, makes an error. And and it allows uh, Nico to score. And the Cubs are up 2-1. And then... Chris Morrell, and I'm saying his name often, he singles to drive in an insurance run, and the Cubs are up 3-1. Great. Everybody's happy. Cub fans are happy. Let's be more specific. But then when you get to the bottom of the inning, Efros is in, and Efros pitched the night before, and he pitched really well. And I don't know. You had Harrison start on second, and then Danny Mendick singles. Vaughn has a sack fly. Berger walks. And then this is where I, I put this one on David Ross here, okay? I've been watched enough of these Cubs White Sox series in my life, but especially over the last however many, you know, last five or six years, you do not let Jose Abreu beat you. Okay. No, owns he 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 owns he absolutely owns the Cubs in this series. Owns them. Right. So you got a runner at first, and then with the after the sack fly, then you walk Berger, and now you got first and second with Abreu up, and I would have tried to set up for the double play, you know, because. Abreu singles, then Grandal flies out and Pollock flies out. You know what I mean? I would have rather faced those two guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. You you nailed it. I mean, I could not have agreed with you more. And so this one to me, I put this on Ross. I I think that that was poor bullpen management. You don't let Abreu beat you. Let Grandal or Pollock beat you. And if that's it, Tip the hat, but but to, there's certain guys you just circle, you know what I mean? And when it comes to Cubs White Sox, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I can pretty much safely say Jose Abreu is a guy that has the Cubs number. Absolutely. Before let, let's let's finish out the game, and then I want I've got a question that I want to that I want to hit you up with before we move any farther. So we get to the now we're in the eleventh. Haps on second, he steals third. He scores on a Riva sack, uh, sack fly. Cubs are up four three. Gesellman comes in. Robert Gesellman. You have Pollock on second leading off the inning, and Ingles second. And then there's a bizarre play where Lori Garcia got called out on batter interference. It looked like the White Sox won, but that that was one of those classic weird Cubs-White Sox moments. Uh, you get to the top of the 12th, the Cubs don't score, and that's when you know it's over. Uh, Mendick on second, ground out by Vaughn, moves him over. And then Jake Berger, who was responsible with the air for the first run, gets to be the hero and uh, gets a single, and the White Sox walk it off five to four after at the bottom of twelve. Right now, at least for, I will say this: it was wildly entertaining. It was a great pitching matchup, and then it was wildly entertaining. So that 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 I'll okay. Um, overall, before we get into the, the what I want to talk to you about with the extra innings, this series in general, do you like four games, two at one park, two at the other? Do you, do you find it bizarre that both teams on a holiday weekend were off on a Friday? There was no baseball in Chicago on a Friday of a holiday weekend. I don't like even 
game series at all. I don't like two games. I don't like four games. You know what I mean? And so for me, it's kind of, you know, that old saying, you know, it ties like kissing your sister. It's no good to me. Give me three games and let me know who wins the series. I don't like two or four game series at all. I would rather that every team play six days a week and get Monday off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just have everybody off. Right. You know, the other thing about it is I don't like that they play in each other's parks because of interleague play. And because of that, this, the rivalry, it, it kind of softens it a little bit. I think the hype would be so much better if it was three games at one side of town or the other, and then we'll see you next year. That'd, it, that'd it, be- I just think that would amp it up a little bit. And it's so early. I mean, they, they've now played each other before Memorial Day. We're recording this on Memorial Day, and they're done playing each other. And I think that's bad because I think that's something that the fans do have to look forward to. I think you could have played them early, but then maybe towards the end of July would have been better. I don't understand why they played so close together. It makes no sense. And like you said, a lot of times these teams look different, you know, after the trade deadline, you know? So sometimes you catch a team when they're hot, sometimes when they're not. Whoever makes a schedule at MLB is just absolutely awful. It's the worst thing. Like, why would you play Arizona one weekend and then the next weekend? It makes a lot of this stuff doesn't make any sense. And when you have these, these, these are games that obviously big networks, whoever has the TV rights, whether it's ESPN, whether it's Fox, whether it's whatever, Apple, or, you know, you got YouTube now, you got all these big uh, TV contract dollars. These are, premier games and you want them to be in summertime in the Chicago. You could have one at the end of June and August spread it out that way. And you know, like all the great things that the TVs are going to show, like the people playing bags at White Sox park, the people out at Gallagher way or on the rooftops at Wrigley, all the great things. I was at that game, the first Cub Sox game, freezing my butt off with the wind and the ice. And, and, and it was just miserable. It wasn't even, it's not even baseball weather. And so, I, I don't know who's in charge of making the schedules, but this has been going on for years where they just do an awful job. Right. Or if you're going to play it four times, like in the teams are obviously both in town for that, obviously maybe you play every other day at each park, maybe you play four games. Maybe they should have played Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or maybe they should have played Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday with the holiday and every other game at each park, just something to get like, let's get creative baseball. Let's, just not be stuck in the mud and do something a little bit interesting and do it for the fans. All right, before we get away from the Cubs Sox series, and it's not just about the Cubs Sox, I really like to know what's your opinion of the runner on second in extra inning games? It's so I'm kind of torn on this one. Some people say it's not real baseball. I get it. But as somebody that goes to a lot of games, like sometimes you sit there to like 16, 17 inning games. That's really, really long. So it does get the action jump started. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in between on it. I, I don't think it's the worst rule. It's not the first new rule that I would get rid of. Um, I'm okay with it. Uh, that would be the way I'd probably look at it. I absolutely love it. I, baseball needs all the action it can get. And the amount of money they pay these pitchers nowadays as well you can't afford to burn these guys out and that's exactly what would happen. I mean, that was a really exciting hour of baseball after a one, nothing 
nine inning game that if you like pitching was fantastic. If you like hitting, it wasn't great. I, I enjoyed it even with the lack of hitting because the Cubs had the one nothing lead and Stroman, as you pointed out, looked fantastic. But I really like the runner on second in regular season games. Of course, I would not suggest this for a postseason game and, and baseball hasn't done that. And that's where the, as you mentioned, um, it's not real baseball. People come out of the woodwork on that one. But for this, I thought it was great. People were running around. You had guys bunting. You had strategy. You had guys sack flying. You guys had stealing bases. I like that. You saw some older school baseball techniques going on in a game to get that guy that was already on second to start over to third and get that run going. So I think it's I think it's absolutely fantastic. I hope that's something that uh, that does stick around.